family's in Florida and I'm in New York. My family's in Florida. I'm in New York. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back at the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. I'm Greg. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Pesci? It was meant to be a Peter Griffin. Oh, it's somewhere it, in between. It kind of slipped. <laughs> the message was clear, though. It was. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Tristan. It's the silly season is upon us. Well, well, a little. <laughs> I have been at a beverage afternoon. And I've had a beverage on the couch. Mm. We've got Seymour here being a little shit. It's, uh, he's been cool. Hey, it's our last episode for the year. Yeah. What a year for the Double Impact family. It has been quite a year. We've had some guests more recently. That's been exciting. Yeah, we've been stepping up the guest game. Uh-huh. More people are listening than were at the beginning of the year, so thank you. That's a good uh, good trend line there. It is. It's a positive trend. Yeah, hopefully we continue that into into the next year. Into some form of commercialization. Yes, or speaking of, the merch store will be live. The merch store. Momentarily. I'm wearing a Back to the Future inspired Double Impact shirt right now. Very, very nice, I would add. Uh, I was wearing an Encino Man Inspired double impact shirt, but I chose not to wear it for two days straight out of respect for you know you having to be in the same room as me and all. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, we are we we're hoping to have it live by now. But we ran into some just some technical challenges, a bit of a learning curve going from podcasting to printing t-shirts. It apparently, doesn't translate to e-com to video to production. It's yeah. been it's been quite the learner journey for you. That's been quite, it has the last few months. Well, that's another one, the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. videos and such, learning how to not look like a complete buffoon on camera. What do I do with my hands? Yeah, I don't know what to do. Doesn't with matter what we hands. do with our hands now. Exactly, you should see our hands. What right do you reckon now? I'm doing right now? Can you <laughs> get? <laughs> oh, that's weird actually. There's a vibrato in your voice that suggests Vibrator. <laughs> hey, um, speaking of drinking, yes, we've had another delivery. Oh, friend of the show, Rob Carroll. Rob Carroll, mate, what did we do to deserve you? The the lovely folk at Juniper Estates have sent us delicious selection of wines, or as as we call them, we call them this in a in a loving way, pod juice. Pod juice. Yeah, they're good podding juice. We've cracked open the uh, small batch rosé. It's quite a good drop, isn't it? It's lovely. It's dry and crisp, which is, um, you know, the majority of us like a, a drier, crisper rosé, I would say. Agree. Um, closer to the, you know, the French variety. Mm. Uh, we've got a lovely white here we're going to get into next. It's a Fiano, small batch. Light, bright, juicy melon, peach, citrus, textural and tangy finish. Mm. We'll see you soon. There's also a red that we haven't tried yet and I'm also realising right now that Rob intended for these ones to be for the wives of the show. But you know oh. what? They're not here. <laughs> <laughs> and hey. You know. We'll tell them about them. Yeah, yeah. We'll tell them all about it. Oh, baby, you really would have liked it. You would have loved it. Um, so thank you again, Rob. Very generous and kind of you. Mm. Um, so it's Christmas. It's our last app. We we ummed and out a little here, didn't we? We couldn't choose one. We landed on Home Alone 2. Why not? We've done Home Alone 1. Our first follow-up sequel. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't done this before. A worthy, I think a worthy, um, you know. It's going to make the origin story really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I didn't think of it until today and then I went to writing. Uh, they, like, wrote, oh. they, wrote it, they took the first script and they <laughs> changed the location. <laughs> yeah. Rap party at the Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Duncan's Toys. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Now, before we get into that, we usually have a little chinwag about the year. I don't think we've done this year that much, 1992. We haven't. And look, I'll be perfectly honest, um, I don't have much. Yeah. So what I wanted to do, you know, we haven't talked a lot about food and food trends, which is interesting because I like food and you like food. Yeah, I'm going to go a little broad and just going to rattle off some well-known delicacies, if if Mm. I will, of the 92 era, obviously not exclusive to... The year, but yeah, 
let's call it early 90 food hits. Yeah. And, you know, maybe um, these might mean something to you or they might not. Mm. And maybe they will be back in your life and maybe they won't. And I'd like you to, you know, tell me. And, I, and you, while you're listening, think, am I eating these anymore? <laughs> Sun-dried tomatoes. That was so massive, I remember. Still in my life. I don't like them. And I didn't like them when I was a kid. Um, what about semi-sun-dried? Uh, anything, anything in that ballpark. It really, uh, that's, what, that's my go-to like Seinfeld impression too. What? What's the deal? With Sandra Demers, <laughs> where were they five years? You know, because yeah. um, they really just—it was as—it was, it was as rapid a, a household penetration as, as like sweet oh, chili sauce. You had to have them. Yeah, sweet chilies of this era. Yeah. Oh, I like that though. I put that on everything. I had sweet chili sauce just the other night. Really? Yeah. Some wedges. No. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, you're working your way through the list, buddy. No, I made those uh, chicken. I made these chicken rissoles oh, yeah, with green perfect. curry. Perfect. They're like green curry rissoles. You forget I, that there is stuff that sweet chili sauce is sweet actually meant man, to go with. I lifted the shit out of yeah. me. Oh, a treat. I did like a semi-sun-dried tomato on a sandwich with uh, like a good quality leg ham and cheese. I just didn't like it because the potency mm. and you couldn't really dilute it. It would just be this chunk of too much. Well, it, people bleh. treated it. I mean, it was good on that sandwich, I swear to God. Yeah, I true. reckon that would still be pretty tasty. Mm. But, you know, like you put that in a salad. I was like, oh, no, you can, what are you? Yeah. You're gonna, the ratio is all wrong. It's going to really take over the whole mm. flavor, flavor profile. Yeah. Uh, spam light was introduced, um, which may or may not appeal to you. Mm. I have an affinity for spam, although I don't eat it. But I feel like I'm a spam kind of guy. Yeah, I feel like you, you respect its, its ability to nourish. It's the norm core of the canned foods. At uni there was a, a Vietnamese bakery and they would do effect, effectively a, a really bodgy banh mi and it was just spam with some salad. Oh, right. On a, um, like a French, you know, French roll. That would work all right. It was delicious. They were a yeah. dollar. So good. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. That was like my, I got an idea to open a sandwich store that just sells Devon and tomato sauce sandwiches. Mm, mm. Two bucks on Wonder White. Supported. Open on Devonshire Street. <laughs> So, yeah, think about it. Foods have changed over time. Some are popular again, some are popular still. Yeah. Vianetta, I still haven't tried. Yeah, we need to rectify that. Well, now I feel like it, I've waited so long, I feel like my first time needs to be special. I feel, yeah, well, it should be. I wish I just did it in high school like everyone else and got it over with. <laughs> what are we talking about? Big year for movies. Uh-huh. It's the year of Aladdin, it's the year of the bodyguard, it's the year of basic instinct. Theory of Lethal Weapon 3, Batman Returns, A Few Good Men, Sister Act, wow. Bram wow. Stoker's Dracula, wow. Wayne's World, which we've covered, White Man Can't wow. Jump, which we've covered. Keep going. But there was wow. a little movie that came in at number three that year, just a little one, a little sequel to a little previous movie. This film was called Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. This came out in uh, November of 1992, budget of $28 million with a gross of $359 million. As a point of comparison, the previous one made $477 million. Wow. So it's less, but it's up there. It's less, but it's more. It's still number three. Pretty bloody massive. Um, Rotten Tomatoes score, critic score of only 33% with an audience score of 61%. Mm. That's quite low. Now, I know there's, you know, it's a sequel and it's, a, it's all the same stuff. Yeah, kind of. But 33% is pretty low. This isn't a 33% film, Tristan. It's not. It certainly is not. Save that for Home Alone 3. Mm, yes. That got 29%. See, this is more than 4% better than that. Madness. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin is more than 4% better than that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe not Home Alone 4 had French Stewart in it. <laughs> Did it? So I watched I watched all the trailers for it was a trend <laughs> one of those trends that came and went um, French Stewart yeah so I watched all the trailers out of interest today for all those other movies there's five of them by the way is there yeah there's three four and five and <laughs> no they've got <laughs> and all one different there's five that is is a TV movie okay so Home Alone Five was the Holiday Heist B 
But yeah, Home Alone 3, I just called out some highlights from the trailers. No, Home Alone 3 had Scarlett Johansson in it as a sister or something. Oh, yeah. But it's different. Uh, there's no, it wasn't the McAllisters in that one. And it was Super Spies, not, not Marv and Harry or whatever his name uh. is. Home Alone 4 was back to the McAllisters and French Stewart played Marv. Didn't make any bloody sense. And Kevin hadn't grown older. None of these people were, none of the original cast were in it. Well, we've learned about the paradox of time in sequels just last week, really. Well, even in this movie, it was came out in 1992, but they kept saying last Christmas, last Christmas, which would indicate that this movie was set in 1991. Yeah, but if you carry the year and it's a leap year and Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I digress. I digress. Was this a big movie for you, Greg? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. This was probably as big as the first in many yeah, ways. I think it probably was. We were too young to really have this cynicism around sequels. Yeah. And like, it was yeah, just take me back. More goodness. Yeah, probably saw it at cinema, I think, I assume. Would have seen it at the cinema. I don't remember. You know, remember things like him being in the hotel room and ordering yeah. all that room service. I'd never been to a hotel and ordered <laughs> yeah, room service. Same. Um, and probably not for many years to come. <laughs> and so that was pretty remarkable. Yeah. I really wanted his little voice recorder thing. You know, he went around recording oh, all yeah. the voices and obviously used them to <laughs> trick people. I've got a bit on that later. Yeah. Um, I was a huge fan of that. Talk boy. Yeah, they're probably my two main things from yeah. memories. And and New York City, I didn't really, un- you know, I knew New York City from other things. It was just Amer- probably what I considered America. This, yeah, 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 yeah. This was definitely one of those movies that made me terrified of New York. Oh, yeah. You know, like, oh, it must be this and Ninja Turtles. Ninja and, Turtles, for sure. As a yeah. kid, like, the, even watching it now, the way they talk, I mean, it was 92, so I, what was the, the crime peak in 90, I think. Yeah, talked about. according to us. So I guess stats. it was pretty dangerous, but the way they talk about it is like, don't leave the hotel at night kind of thing because you will die, basically. <laughs> like, wow, okay. Grown men don't make it out of the park. <laughs> yeah. I With mean, their pride. They never did that on Seinfeld. Last time I, I've been to the, the New York once <laughs> and I saw Big Bird in the park. <laughs> yeah. He seemed pretty harmless. Just don't get in his van. No. With the blacked out windows. Yeah, don't get in that. Um, yeah, it's been, it was a big one for me too for all the same reasons. I think I just watched them both a lot. Yeah. And in the more recent years, I've, I've, I have watched this recently probably a few times because it's got double nostalgia now because – when R and I used to live in New York, we got engaged at the, the plaza. So in that very room, <laughs> maybe I don't think so. It had Didn't stairs. Know. Your room had stairs. It did have stairs. I saw it. <laughs> um, a webcam. <laughs> and yeah, so it's it's a double dose of nostalgia for us. This one, so it's it's on rotation as a Christmas movie for us for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. When you say rotation, are we talking an annual sort of a deal or maybe semi-annual, biannual? Wait, which, Wait, no, which that one is make which? Sense, does it? Well, ironically, this was one of my every main, other year. I this was one it. of my main challenges in New York. Ironically, oh, the whole they bi- didn't say fortnight; they said biweekly. But I'm like, I think that means twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think it means every second week. I don't know. Like a biweekly What's a biannual, twice a year. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then yet we're the weirdos for saying Fortnite. Apparently, who was telling me they used to get teased because it was like gothic, oh, a Fortnite. <laughs> it might have been me. No, I don't think it was me. Maybe it was Ara. But, and yeah, you can't. This guy's ramped up. Yeah. Seymour, there's, there's definitely going to be some Seymour involved in today's episode. Yeah, let's just acknowledge that Seymour's in the room. So if you hear weird noises like barking, but also just weird noises like me playing tug of war with a dog. Yeah. or me It's just me playing tug of war with a dog. And I feel like many of our friends of the show will have a dog or two. Hey, should we make a Seymour T-shirt for the merch store? We should. Yeah, done. Um, all right, shall I get into the origin oh, story? Oh, yeah, of let's get into origin story. Yeah, thanks, Hockey. So this is uh, going to be a quick one. <laughs> um, so it's a sequel. There's not a lot to say here. They made the first one and it was made $400 million, so you make another <laughs> you one. You know what? We should probably... <laughs> Do this again. I'm scared because this is going to be an ongoing issue now, I think, with sequels. Maybe not all of them, but ones where it's just another one. It's not going to be much to it. Um, <laughs> the whole gang's back. This time it's in New York. Yeah. John Hughes wrote it again. Chris Columbus directed it again. Pointed the camera. 
Point of the camera there. But I thought, well, in, in, in lieu of a rich origin story, I thought I'll just throw out some interesting behind-the-scenes trivia. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So Macaulay Culkin is in this movie. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, so he was paid hundred ten grand for the first home alone. Slight, um, slight salary increase, I understand. Yeah, $4.5 million Wow. this time. And good on him. You asshole. He is fucking great in this. He always is. He's a sweet little boy. Um, a couple of little uh, behind-the-scenes bits of trivia for you. This was not shot in any uh, New York airport. This was not Newark. This was not JFK. This was not LaGuardia. It was Chicago O'Hara, I believe. O'Hara is at yeah. the airport. Yeah. And there's no there's no New York airport where you can see New York City skyline in the back. Huh. Is that a fact? Yeah. The beautiful brownstone in which uh, Marv and Harry met their demise mm. um, was on a back lot in Hollywood on Brownstone Street they have where they have all these houses like that. All the brownies. Yeah. But contrary to all of these, this was actually shot at the Real Plaza. Yes. The Real Plaza. And the phone number they used was the Real Plaza phone number. Oh. With the real Donald Trump who was the owner at the time. Can market. Can market Ken a plaza. Market. Speaking of cast, we had, we had all the originals back. But we had Tim Curry as well. Mm-hmm. We had Rob Schneider, mm-hmm. Brenda Fricker as Pigeon Lady, and 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 Donald Trump. Mm. Yeah, he owned the plaza at this point, and part of the the negotiation was he gets to have a cameo. He wanted to have a cameo so bad. He did. Yeah, he twisted their arm into it. It's fair. He owns the joint. I would have done the same. I would have done the same. And two years later, he sold it for an eighty-three million dollar loss. Really? Which I'll get into in a, little, a little bit on that later. Smooth. Smooth. Let's play the trailer. <laughs> that is that it? Yeah. <laughs> what about the rap party? There's no rap party. It's a sequel. They don't get rap parties for sequels? Yeah. No. Oh, that's jibbed. Rap party at No Malice Palace. Of all the familiar sounds of Christmas, surely this one is the most beloved. Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. My family's in Florida and I'm in New York. Funnily enough, we never lose our luggage. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, the family that loves staying together. Can I help you? Reservation for McAllister? Couldn't be further apart. He's in New York. This is a vacation. Only two things could ruin this vacation. And they just hit town. Hiya, pal. trailer not a bad trailer um but you know fuck if you haven't seen the first one and you haven't listened to that trailer properly how are you supposed to know what happened in this movie greg maybe you could break it down for us yeah look i mean it's complicated it is complicated i haven't done framed it purely if you have missed the first one yeah but here i'll just read out what i've written down in the in the, in the logs here yeah home alone 2 we're back with the McAllisters at Christmas time. It's been 12 months since his family left Kevin home alone, where he fought off and apprehended two relentless and violent criminals. This year, the family planned to spend the Christmas together in Florida for a sunny change, albeit potentially no Christmas trees. Mm. 
Somehow, despite having a house of ten children and six adults, everyone sleeps in. <laughs> and they're running late for the airport again. That's a good point. Why is it on the main parents? Why is it on... There yeah, can't be, there's got to be more than one alarm clock. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Calling it. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Don't apologise. <laughs> Perhaps an afternoon flight would be better suited to these people. <laughs> Carol's idea. <laughs> Midway through the airport rush, Kevin mistakes another camel-coated gentleman to be his father mm. and follows him onto the wrong plane. Sit anywhere you want. Sit anywhere you want. Pfft, that was they, never a thing, I'm sure. Uh, well, maybe it was. Maybe it Okay, wasn't. I won't check with your dad. You just go I sit had somewhere. An, I hadn't sat anywhere besides the backseat of a Tarago DX till I was about 20, so <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Then you sat at the front of the Tarago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ipso facto, Kevin lands in New York. Instead of Florida. Mm. Showing all the signs of a young Frank Abagnale. <laughs> yes! Kevin checks himself into a suite at the plaza, managing to fool the dubious yet dim-witted concierge staff. Homer went three, catch me if you can. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's genius. Wow. As fate would have it, Harry and Marv have also just busted out of prison and are in New York City, operating under the rebranded title of the Sticky Bandits. Mm. They're planning to rob a lovely toy store and on the night that all the takings are donated to the children's hospital. Mm. Meanwhile, it's up to Kevin's mum and Kevin's mum alone to try and solve where the whereabouts of no Kevin. one else is all that interested. Because no one else really cares. Mr okay. McAllister realises it's just one less mouth to feed in Florida. You know, the first one I was like, okay, whatever. In this one I'm like, you're actually a He had no, he, he didn't care. You had He's like, fucking asshole. And maybe he'll go to my brother's. She's like, they're not there. Uh. I'm going to bed, babe. <laughs> what the fuck? What an asshole. Unbelievable. As usual, Kevin saves the day through quick thinking and unbridled violence. Mm. All whilst being the sweetest boy to have ever lived. Fuck, he's a sweet kid. Why are they such assholes to this sweet kid? He's the jewel in the crown of this family. Yeah, he, he is what, he's the one redeeming factor of the Yeah, hold it. I've got a question Sorry. for you straight off the back of this. <laughs> okay. Further cementing his family is incapable of his care, we finish off with a scene of him running into Central Park in the freezing cold whilst no one in the family even notices he's left. Yes. Fucking good point. It's also a love story between Kevin and everyone that watches this movie. Oh, man. 100%. Right off the top, rewatch, question for you. Yeah. This family does not deserve Kevin McAllister. Discuss. They 100% do not. Yeah, you read my mind on that one. They really do not. I think Catherine O'Hara did a good job of making her seem more like she cared, but, well, A... To have a movie, they need to forget him. I'll allow that. To have a movie, we don't, we don't have a movie if if you know they if they were great parents. We don't have a movie. But the way <laughs> Uncle Frank can fuck right off. I well, he's that. he's a like, horrible human. I was I said to Carol, she's like, "Can you imagine me screaming at Caleb, my nephew, if he oh. came into the bathroom when I was in the shower? Yeah, and I screamed at him like that. It would be an incident." It would be a rift in the family. It would be like the slap for those Australians. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. I wasn't sure if anyone would know what that is. And um, and then the shit at the church where he's he's being a sweet kid. He's singing the solo and Buzz fucks everything up. I don't think everyone would laugh at that, by the way. It wasn't hey, funny. I don't, think, I don't think everyone would laugh at that. And then why would he even get in trouble for that? Yeah. That's bullshit. You know he's a sweet kid. You you We only saw Homer He was nailing the solo. Like, can, we get a bit, can we get a clip of the solo? Man, what a sweet angelic voice. Ruined. Uh Ruined. By Buzz. Buzz, little fuck. Little. (laughs) I was thinking of his goatee later in later years. (laughs) Google the actor that plays Buzz and you'll see for some reason in... I guess maybe his early 20s he decided to grow a world's smallest Cody. And framed against what is a, you know, a fuller face. <laughs> fuller face. <laughs> um, he's actually a pretty funny guy. He's showed up in a few different movies. Yeah. He's in that Zach Galifianakis movie anyway. Um, so, yeah, look. But, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, overlaying the fact it. that he didn't do much with 
his innate ability to display empathy and wisdom. He is so be, sweet. Beyond, I would say beyond his years, but that would undermine its level of greatness as an adult. Yeah. So me and my sister did catch flights together when we were n- not much around. I was probably his age and my sister was maybe. A bit oh, really? Oh, would well, he was probably between Singapore? going to Singapore because my dad lived in Singapore. Mm. And it was an exciting and uh, kind of scary. But when he gets on the plane by himself and speaks to that guy, so first time to New York, he's just like a, just a sweet little guy. And I feel then, like Bruce would do that. <laughs> Bruce actually, does do that. He would do that. First time to New York. He's like, what are you talking about, kid? <laughs> We're in a cafe in Camperdown. <laughs> um, so this was, this was kind of my main thing in the rewatch for sure was just like, Fuck these guys, especially the dad. I mean, Uncle Frank for sure, but the dad is just he just is like. Ugh. I feel like the I don't we, know, babe. We fucking <laughs> Florida. <laughs> you got a number down here or what? <laughs> I um yeah. In the number in the first one, it, you, there were moments where you were like, oh, you know, he's kind of he's a cool dad and yeah. he knows the mum's got. He was control. just relaxed. This time he does he's, not give a shit. He's the worst because they go. They're both in New York. They're all the whole family's in New York. She goes out looking for him by herself. Mm. He has no reason not to go there. So, there's plenty of there's other adults. I think around. I'm just gonna go up to the hotel room and watch cops. You know, like there's no there's no reason. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on home base. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but in saying that, I do love the extreme length they had to go to to get Kevin to be home alone again. Like I enjoyed the absurdity on that level. Yeah, like it's it's a bit like. Um, like a Pepe Le Pew cartoon, you know the the cat's gonna get the white stripe. How's it gonna happen this time? Oh, so yeah. how are they gonna leave him behind? Oh, yeah, you know, it's nice. just like I think that's what some people think is a the movie's not that great because it's just the same thing that happened in the first one. But I think that's the beauty of it. I would love five more movies where it's like, how the fuck are they gonna lose him this time? Like that's great. Yeah, that's true. I did on on that. Um, I enjoyed it. Like there was like, oh, really? Oh, really? Okay, I, you can't really argue with it because yeah. that could happen. And then the, the little, for me, the piece, the original stones was the Spanish guy on the plane next to yeah. it. French. Was it French? He was yeah. French. Some kind, in, of, some kind of Spanish. But in, uh, France, French. in France, they dubbed him, when they dubbed the movie, they dubbed him to Spanish. Oh, well, that's so did you, you watch the French version? Yeah, that's what's happened. Gosh, it always happens. Because <laughs> um, of my learned. You're so learned. Yeah. Um, you know, like that, technically that could happen. Mm, yeah. Suspend disbelief. I think the the one thing that falls apart on both movies for me is this idea of oh just take any free seat on the plane that's that just doesn't that breaks yeah. the whole thing but and like not, I said don't with, show me your ticket just get on yeah and but with like I said without that you don't have a movie so I'll take it well um, I, you know with respect I would say also pre nine eleven there was there would have been a lot of airport behaviors that yeah don't exist anymore yeah yeah. And yeah, I think overall, like I said in before the rewatch with my memory of this movie, was this feeling that I just kind of always accepted, well, obviously this isn't as good as the original, you know. It's it's a sequel. But in watching it this time, I've I I'm not so sure. I'm not gonna say this is better than the first. Interesting. But interesting. I enjoyed it so much. I must have been just in the perfect mood for it because I laughed, I cried. Can my I my God. Can I say I went the other way? Really? Yeah, like I, I really enjoyed this movie but having watched number one, you know, relatively not that long ago, last Christmas, mm. I was like, oh, yeah. they've For me I was like they've just kind of done the same thing and hammed up things. It is heavy-handed. And, it's heavy-handed. And, but I would say everything hit me harder too. I was laughing out loud and I cried. I knew this was going to hit you heavy. Yeah. And it's, look, I think. I was working on a John Lennon video for Pop Critic all day, so it might have primed me for some emotional. Maybe. Availability. <laughs> Maybe. But I, didn't know, I knew, look, your your history with the city of New York, I think, is a significant factor. Bird ladies. Pigeons. <laughs> ice cream. The True. plaza. You got engaged in the room, in, in a room, probably not dissim- too dissimilar from yeah. this room, right? It was a ball of sweet. And this is like. This is like this is going to get right in on your little heartstrings and go. Nye, 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 I mean, maybe that may have opened the door unconsciously, but the part that got me was the part I least expected because going into this, I was like, you know, the worst part about this movie, the fucking bird lady. Like, I don't care about that at all. And then <laughs> something happened. 
like, and that scene, we first see the bird lady. I'm like, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, here we go. Yeah, trying to make me feel things. Good luck, movie. Good luck, bird lady. <laughs> yeah. And then when sweet little Kevin, I've got to be careful because I might, oh, <laughs> when, sweet little Kevin, when sweet little Kevin McAllister, after their first encounter, he's chatting, is like, It's pretty cold out. I can sure go for a cup of hot chocolate. How about you? My treat. For whatever reason, that I just started bawling at that. Yeah, <laughs> I was, and Ara looked at me. She's like, "What's happening?" I'm like, I don't know. It's just the sweetest kid I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Oh my god, it hit me hard. My eyes are a little bit watery right now thinking about it. But it was just I don't know that something. I must have just been in the perfect mood that day for that specific line mm. to just shove a dagger in my heart. It's not a dagger though. Not a, a good dagger. What's a good What's dagger? What's it like a Cupid but not for love but for just feelings? Yeah, I don't know. Like Man, a- it hit me so fucking hard. <laughs> I don't know why. Just that the, that one line. Man. Just was, that gesture. Yeah. He is the sweetest kid. He is the sweetest kid. How can you leave leave any of those other kids anywhere? I think they would realise. I mean, I think the mum knows. But, but he is spicy as well, I guess. Um yeah, but after they're only after their assholes to him. Do you I it got me wondering, I wonder, I hope, I hope that mm. Macaulay is this I, I hope that he's this guy to his friends in real life. Yeah. I just figure there's acting and there's you know, when you're a kid, to even if they were the lines that were written for him, uh, I like to believe that, you know. I reckon when you're a kid, you can't be that good of an actor that you can pull off that kind that's of That's what I was in Endeavouring to articulate. Yeah, because uh, I don't have any clips this time. I think last time we played a few, we'll put them on the grab. But you watch interviews of this so kid articulate. being interviewed and he's just sweet. He's yeah. so sweet and articulate and, like, and acts like, not like in that phony way where kids act like, try to act like adults. He mm. acts like a kid. So it breaks my heart even more mm. knowing what he went through with his, with his old man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How could you take advantage of such purity and... Well, yeah, I guess the only family worse than the McAllisters are the Culkins. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <good. laughs> That's ironic uh, and apt. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think a lot of what I... A bit like the bird lady and a bit, I think, like what you don't like about this movie as much as the first or the fact that it is the same as the first is it almost hit harder for me, even the funny bits, because... It, it's just a new level of absurdity. Like, why, why are you doing that, Muff? <laughs> why are you guys going after, leave them alone, just mm. <laughs> go do your thing. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And then all, I don't know if it's just me or, or if it is the movie, but all the the traps, like the first one, the seesaw thing, he goes flying. It doesn't well, make any is, sense. <laughs> this, yeah, that was going to be my question. Oh. How did you feel about the traps and the, well, I guess I was bursting out laughing. I, I, but again, really, I think I just got on the right. The right you know what? It, it's a bit like you know when um, maybe like Family Guy would do this or something, where they just keep re- the joke. They keep repeating it. Yeah. It's not funny, and then it just becomes funny again. Yeah, like mum, mama, mum. You know that one? Yeah, mum, of mum, course. Mum, mama. It was this movie is kind of that where like once you <laughs> once you come back around, it's suddenly hilarious. I did. Um, it was a. It was ultimately a loaded question. I didn't like the violence in this movie, man. It, oh, it put me off. I didn't like seeing them getting hit. There's I something did. too visceral about watching a f- face get hit with a brick from you know four stories. The simple ones are the worst. Because a brick some to of the face. The other ones, like him, Marv getting electrocuted and turning into a skeleton, because oh, they're just cartoony. But a brick to the head. There's something so just. Brutal. <laughs> That's death. Death on a stick out there. Well, I'll tell you what it is. Um, at best, brain damage. At worst, death. So I've got a breakdown here. Oh, I was hoping you did. <laughs> All right, let's break, these, let's break these down. So I found an article that broke down not only the injuries but also the hospital bill. Yeah, because we did yeah, last, last, did this time, last time. Home Alone 1, you did a great summary. I found it on the Reddit last time. The Reddit that talked to, you know, what happened when you grabbed a glowing light bulb that was so hot. It was bright red. Yeah, etc. No longer use the um, So where do we go? All right, got, let's take it from the top. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to go through every single one. I'll go through seventy percent of them. First one, simple as slipping on beads on the sidewalk. Oh! Oh, 
fractured, first fractured, case. Fractured wrist. Yeah, soft. Coxic. Soft tissue damage, possible herniated discs, up to 22 grand at hospital bill. It is the US after all. <laughs> um, the seesaw incident, so when they run out of the toy store and... Yeah, and he squashes the car more than the, the chicken lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah, he really does. There's Carol again. Carol's getting a good run tonight. Side note, he was, he was in Lethal Weapon 3 this year as well. Joe Pesci. Leo gets. Whatever yeah. you want, Leo gets. Oh, that was good. Was it? Your Pesci is coming along. I still don't have one. Sounds better in the... in the. Yeah. Well, that's what you sound like. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, the seesaw incident, multiple fractures, possible permanent disability... Eight and a half grand. Bricks thrown from four-storey building. Direct it. So at best, brain damage, at worst, death. And the cost there, he said, three grand for a, that's the average cost of a funeral. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're dead. You're dead. Or oh, you got a lifetime of disability. And Yeah. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. Keep going. <laughs> I enjoyed it. You did? Oh, uh, yeah. I um, oh, that's interesting. Maybe when, you're a sadist. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> I just realised I keep calling both of them Marv. It's a Harry. And then Marv's like. <laughs> Harry. That's, yeah. That's how I remember. So Marv, for real this time, when he steps in and falls into the hole. <laughs> fractures. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a broken ankle. Yeah. When Harry's head goes on fire. And he tries to put it out by dunking his head into a bathtub full of, and into, into a toilet full of kerosene or whatever it is. <laughs> he'd have third degree burns in his lungs and he'd 100% be dead. <laughs> yeah. 100% dead. Can we just quickly give him a nod for his beautiful grace in getting up to a... Uh... Bathroom gymnastics was spectacular. <laughs> it was amazing. That was very impressive. Carol's All like, those people you couldn't to do that. I was like, <laughs> I know. He's been doing the, the home workouts where you do the shoulder press She's by like, putting your legs up against the wall. Hey, that was some prison prison workout <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just come from prison where... He, he must have been doing heaps oh, How of... good... If this movie was made now, they'd come out of prison jacked. Mm. Why not? Why not? Jack's Joe Pesci would be good. So he's dead. And then falling from the fire rope at the end, 50% chance of fatality. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, so they've dialed it up a lot. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I did not like it. I loved it. I mean, the bricks are hardcore. And you know what? It's probably I do watch this movie a lot. So like that analogy I was saying about a joke being repeated that's become some funnier than funny. I do feel like I've had that reaction before in watching this movie where I'm like, oh, it's a bit much, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And look, I did like the electrocuty bit. Yeah, that, so what, they kind of, maybe you're right, they probably took it, they said, look, we're being so absurd with this. Yeah. We need to make it beyond absurd. So it's. The funny thing was I knew that was coming, but it wasn't how I remembered it. I thought it was going to be more like a X-ray looking skeleton. Yeah, it was a proper it was actual it was like skeleton. A, yeah, it was good. And it's also the last shot of him in that sequence. So it's like, wait, did he just die? <laughs> what, what just happened there? He had no skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's cartoon violence. It is. And their noses when they get smushed. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That was great. Uh, but, yes, it's I think I laughed at that bit as well, actually. Maybe it was just the bricks. Yeah, the bricks were pretty fucking hardcore. I haven't got over the bricks. <laughs> the bricks were hardcore. Now, not to be a party pooper, but the other, the other part where you could really poke holes in here is, you know, in addition to these people dying in pretty much every one of those tricks is – Kevin McAllister, little seven or eight-year-old boy, running all about town. So the Plaza Hotel is on 59th Street. Okay. You give <laughs> us a bit of geography here. <laughs> the toy store, while fictional, appears to be in walking distance of, of the hotel uh-huh. because he gets chased there initially. It's up around Rockefeller somewhere, isn't it? Um, Near the ice skating rink? So, it seems to be, yeah. But it's not a real store, so you can't really tell. But it's based on that. FAO Schwartz, which yeah. is which is up near the plaster, or when it was there, ah. it closed down. What the Schwartz? Yeah, I think sometimes they open a pop up or something, but it's oh, basically that's a bit gone. Heartbreaking. We went there when we were there oh, at yeah. that time. They had FAO Suites as well. I used to go there because you get absurd. 
candies. It's good for stocking stuffers for kids. It makes me sad that it's closed. A giant gummy bear. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Anyway, um, according to the movie, the house, the brownstone, is on 95th Street. Looked a bit more like, uh, where's 95th Street? Uh, Upper West Side or something, I think. It was on the West Side. Yeah, I think so, Upper West Side. I don't know anything about New York. (laughs) I was going to say Chelsea. Nah, probably not. Oh, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it could be the West Village house like that perhaps maybe. Yeah. But um, needless to say, that's quite a few blocks. 36 blocks? 36 blocks. <laughs> and a block is, is bigger than a metre, right? <laughs> yeah, right. There's serious blocks. A few avenue blocks in the mix there too, which are the big ones. How big now, are they? Like what? Like a, a K? Well, they say like when, you, when you're walking, it's a block per minute. Street blocks and then avenue okay. blocks are like two, two or three minutes. But, um, and is that when you're walking here? Like yes, I'm walking here. You're pacing here. it out. Yeah, your hair's flowing in the wind. Maybe you've got a scarf on. Hey, you're one important. <laughs> i got gloves. Um, so, you know, he, he very, in such a breeze, kind of runs from the plaza to 95th Street. Um, I wouldn't change anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um I'll tell you what, if I'm going to poke <laughs> off, I do have a few other questions actually. I've got a few questions because mm. I did like this movie but there's some parts where I'm like, well, we've covered a lot of it with just the assholey nature of the McAllisters as a mm. whole. Yeah, um, they cemented their prickness. And and the end of the movie almost ruined the whole movie for me because, you know, I've explained that this hit me in the feels pretty hard and the end of the movie, these this rich white family being put up in the best suite at the Plaza Hotel, get all these free gifts from Duncan's Toys mm. because Kevin saved the day. All these free gifts, like an absurd amount of yeah. free gifts. Now I would argue that what I saw in volume of gifts there equates to more than whatever was going to those sick kids in the hospital because that was just a box full of $1 bills that weren't even that tightly packed. It was just probably mm. like 300 bucks in there. Like that's some bullshit. It almost ruined it for me but then the, the redeeming factor was when like you said, Kevin snuck out once again with no with no one noticing just to be a sweet little kid again. He didn't even open his present. Yeah. You're a fucking legend. You're a good, good McAllister. The rest of you can fuck off. Um, oh, we'll keep the mum. Oh, the mum, yeah, of course. Kevin O'Hara is a national treasure. She is. International treasure. International treasure. She's Canadian. She sure is. What a beautiful, sweet soul. You know what? I'm sick of all this bullshit as well. I've seen separate articles now of people going, oh, my God. Did you know that yes. the mo- that Moira Schmidt from no Moira Schmidt Moira Rose from Shit's Creek is Kevin McAllister? Yes, everyone. It's like saying, "Oh my God!" Did you know Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the Terminator? It's like, yeah, yes. And uh, don't get me wrong; I'm not I'm not like shaming anyone that didn't know that. But the f- don't brag about not knowing. God, that. did you know Moira Rose is from Best in Show? <laughs> exactly. She's comedy royalty. She's a Second City gang. I assume that this article is a is aimed at someone. I've in seen a, two a or younger, three though. Younger demographic. It was on pedestrian. It was on junkie. It was on something else. Mm. It's just like they're I young, think it was on Buzzfeed too. They're younger than us. There was a Buzzfeed list or something. Of course, does Buzzfeed still exist? It was like all the yeah. <laughs> well, I became a top fan on Tasty now because I wrote one comment and it, it went semi-viral. It was a good comment. Anyway, needless to say, uh, Catherine O'Hara. A North American treasure. <laughs> Big friend of the show. Huge friend of the show. Huge friend of the show. And you should be ashamed. No, not be ashamed, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like how, why would you not? Yeah. How would you? Uh. Yeah. Oh, anyway. And actually along these lines of, you know, monetary. Money. Monies and such. The room service bill. Controversial, $900. Man, that room you're staying in would be like five grand a night at least. Yeah, and hey, you just left your kid in a fucking different city. Yeah, and he's, all he spent was 900 bucks. Relax. Yeah. Your kid's alive. I don't think that's an issue. That's a non Especially issue. considering, I don't know what you do for a living, some kind of importing, exporting. <laughs> like, But it's all free. All that stuff at the plant, everything else was free. Yeah, so you're okay. And you could probably get out of that given that everything else is free. Why did he fly everyone up to New York? The worst humans. Leave him in that shitty. I liked that they, that because Kevin had his credit cards, I liked that they had to stay in a shitty place. That was great. They oh, stayed in a happened? shitty motel. Yeah. I already picked up on that. I, I totally, it's one of those parts of the movies you kind of gloss over 
And Ara said, oh, yeah, because he's got the credit cards. They have to stay in this shitty hotel. Good point. The wife didn't have a credit card. Good point. Well, yeah, no one else in the family. (laughs) There were a fucking bunch of deadbeats. Fuck you, Uncle Frank. Sorry, they made me so angry. Now, Bird Lady, as much as I, I, you know, that thing really got to me, did she teleport there from a Dickens book? Can I tell you? Well, I've got a (laughs) – well, she is Irish. She's an Oscar winner. Can I tell Can I tell you a little bit about that? Yeah. As an Irishman? Yeah. So Brenda Fricker is Ireland's first Academy Award winner. Yeah. For her portrayal of uh, within the biopic My Left Foot. Yeah. You never heard of it? Daniel Day-Lewis plays – it is a biopic about a guy who who had cerebral palsy and by the time I think he was 20 or so he – could only use his left foot to do anything uh, and he could like paint and do all kinds of cool shit. Daniel Day-Lewis won his first Oscar for it. Do we have any Northern Irish or Irish listeners for that matter? I don't know. I haven't seen that broken down in... It'd be nice if we did given, you know, my passports and whatnot. Yeah, to be sure. Surname. Potato. Yeah, but she's she's legit. And she's not Piers Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> so this has gone viral the last couple of weeks and Piers Morgan has now addressed it. How did he address it? There's been a bit of a meme saying Piers Morgan was the bird lady because they kind of look similar, similar face, was the bird lady in Home Alone. And he addressed it. He was being a good sport about it, surprisingly. You know when you have trolls on Twitter who do stuff that really annoys you? Right, so this popped up last night. Chilled night watching Home Alone 2. Always forget you're in it, Piers Morgan. I thought, who the hell is that? Impertinent, rude, horrible human being. Right, obviously Bears... She's the homeless pigeon lady in Central that Park. Is, oh, she's Can not. He? She's Piers Morgan. Uh, anyway, I thought, who is this ghastly troll that has exposed me to global humiliation in this way? And then I realised it was my own son. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's very funny. That was just two days ago or something that he yeah. officially so it was like, I'm, I was not in Home Alone too. <laughs> but yeah, apparently she was kind of inspired by Bird Lady and Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah. Feed the birds. Tuppence. You know, I keep trying to get Bruce to watch that shit. Yeah, not he interested. has no interest. Really? Like he, he gets aggr- well, he gets aggressive. That's an issue we're working through. Um, but yeah, I played Mr. Banks in our primary school production. Of, oh, you did? I really wanted to play. Did someone Bert. punch a hole in your hat? <laughs> no, they didn't even let me sing. I had to speak. Or does my he song. punch a hole in the hat of his boss? Maybe I can't remember. remember Fuck, I haven't end? seen it in ages. Because what happens is he's like a dad that's never there because he's always at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were Mr. Banks. I was Mr. Banks. I wanted to be Bert so not, bad. Not Philip Banks. And um, oh man, that would be good too. I don't have the voice for that. Who does? Well, that was not bad. <laughs> that's as that, close that as that I was. Get. More him when he does Shredder. Shredder. And yeah, so she's an interesting one, but is she still homeless? Because I, w- I wanted more resolution on that. You know, the first yeah. one, the salt, old scary guy is reunited with her family. Yeah. And he's just like, here, you see you later. Not that he has to solve it for her, but I was first hoping there will be some glimmer of hope. Freddy Krueger, actually. <laughs> Almost. Um, you yeah, know, I said the same to Carol. I said, what's the I go here? some kind of resolution. She said, well, she's homeless. And I said, but is she? Well, I thought she just clocked in to do the bird shift each day. Oh, no, she's homeless. Yeah. And somehow yeah. she climbs up to the top of Carnegie Hall at night. Like. That didn't, make, that didn't make any sense. How are you going to get up? You can't do that. I feel like security was pretty lax, what with the airports. and. Yeah, the, but what, is she some kind of Spider-Man? How's she getting up there? She's got the birds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene in when um, a young Bruce Wayne is lifted by a flock of bats. You've seen, wow. seen Birdman. Yeah. Um, you've also watched Rick and Morty. Yeah. So that's uh, what happens. I think, yeah. I'm nitpicking, aren't I, with that one? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, hey, um, I, I had a question for you. We've mm. talked a, a little around this at a couple of points already. But oh, yes. Do you remember the bill for your room service when you had your proposal evening or weekend? At the oh, man, I prefer not to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the room service wasn't bad. The room itself was. Oh, Okay. Well, I kind of remember the room Because you had people in. So people brought drinks and that sort of thing. So you went, you, I think there was corkage for bringing external drinks. Oh, wow. You get your own butler. So we. Corkage for, corkage for a hotel room. So the full story here is when I proposed to my darling wife, Ara. Yeah, give us the picture. I guess. It's a a, a beautiful story. 2016. Give us the full story. 
2016 where in the last few months of New York we knew we were moving back and I thought I've got to make honest woman out of her. Yep, you wanted to, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So and I went up to the Diamond District and that that was that was quite an experience. That was very much like that Adam Sandler movie. Yep. Met a guy called Jacob Diamond who was missing a tooth and I thought, mate, I don't think this is my guy. Yep. <laughs> then met some out, other guy named Fred. Turned out to be my guy. <clears throat> some other guy named Fred was my guy. Anyway, um, we went there at lunchtime during work. Anyway, secured the ring, secured the package. I tricked Ara into thinking we we're just going for dinner at the plaza because we had a bit of a bucket list since we knew we were leaving, all the things we hadn't done in New York. You wanted three scoops of ice cream because you weren't driving. Exactly. <laughs> and we get there and I, I go, oh, we're going to the other restaurant upstairs. Unbeknownst to her, I'd booked one of the penthouse suites at the plaza. Wow. Back when I was earning that US dollars. Oh, that's sweet US dollars. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so the first night was just us, a little surprise proposal there, FaceTime in the family back in Australia. And then the next night was party time and we invited everyone over for a party. Blowout. Yeah, and um, we just got really drunk. Beautiful. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, I don't think room service bill specifically was too bad. Maybe some less $200 than, pretzels or something. <laughs> less than that. Um, not $900 of room service. Definitely mm. not. And you get a butler as part of that deal. But what does the butler do? He doesn't. You just buzz him. All, he doesn't stand in the room with he's you. He's just very close by. He's a very very sneaky sir. <laughs> he's a John Turturro. <laughs> it is. I feel like he's very New York. He is, isn't he? I wish it was John Turturro. Maybe when you get that, because this was we had. I say you know penthouse suites air quotes, but these were not. The it wasn't penthouse. this. Look, I think anything's available for money. I think if you had the money, you could request John Turturro. Yeah, as your butler. Well, speaking of the plaza and speaking of money, so I didn't know that Trump owned the plaza at any point. That was something I learned mm. around this movie. So I looked into it and he sold the plaza in 1995 at an $83 million loss. That's a bugger. It had declared bankruptcy for the first time. The bank was taking it. They were trying to sell it. He was hoping he could get a quick sale to, you know, cut his losses or whatever. These two buyers were going to buy it in partnership, a, a billionaire Singapore hotel tycoon. Ah, oh, the Frasers. And, uh, <laughs> and a billionaire prince from Saudi Arabia. Frasers. Probably the Frasers. Uh, that wasn't the name, but it may be the. Yeah, it rhymes with Fraser. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but so these guys met to, you know, talk about what they're going to do with this hotel, to, to buy the hotel. Four floors of whores. <laughs> but they met at the Plaza Hotel. Yeah. In one of the suites. Nice. Big mistake because Trump still owned it. Did he have some cameras in there or something? Pretty much. He had a spy in the walls. There was a secret room in there where he had his, his guy in there listening, taking notes. And then when they would inquire with the bank about a $100 million loan, he would inquire on behalf of Trump to make it confusing, even calling like fire alarms and shit in the middle of important moments to the point where like the bank cottoned on to what was happening here after 10 days and was like, dude, what are you doing? And he had to stop. He's like, okay. And then the deal went through and he he um, had to accept. It's a very unusual set of circumstance. And it's such an interesting, he could make a movie about that. Yeah. Um, and Covers and actually this was tips. still a good deal for him because it was in like $100 million of debt or something, some crazy amount of debt. Um, so you might say it's a fantastic sale. Yeah, yeah, he would. And um, it, was, it was pretty fascinating. And what an interesting... Was this whilst Kevin was Kevin involved in this? Because he had the recording. Well, I was wondering if he was inspired by it. Was the recordings? This was 1995. Credit card. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I think it was inspired by it. Honestly, maybe. Yeah, and actually, that's another one I wanted to talk about real quick. The Talk Boy. Now this. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. So this was invented for this movie. This is a John Hughes invention. Wow. Keep going. John Hughes came up with this, and then they spoke to a toy company about making it. Tiger Electronics, and make it, they did. So the first the first iteration of it, unfortunately, didn't have the voice modulator thing. <clears throat> it was just record and playback. But then when the deluxe version came out the following year, oh, man. Shit. I never got one. I never got one. Well, a lot of people didn't get one. They didn't understand. They didn't they anticipate didn't, yeah. the demand. I feel so like it's something I would have pushed for. This I probably didn't come to Australia to be honest. So there was a massive frenzy for this thing. I think when the deluxe one came out the following year for 1993, yeah, I think it coincided with the home release. And so I think in the home release they had an actual ad for the product too. It sold for 29.99. Massive demand. 
Toys R Us didn't order enough by like a thousand percent. Thirty dollars. Yeah, I could have gone at a thirty dollar present. They should have just fucking made it more expensive. But it was pandemonium. They sold hundreds of thousands of them, but it turned out the demand was more like they needed two million of them. Two million billion. Two million units they could have sold. Yeah. They were getting 500 calls a day at Tiger Electronics about this thing. It was massive, massive. And um, over the years, that the company stuck around, or the company's still there. It's owned by Hasbro now. But um, wow. the product evolved over the years and then they had like, you know, digital revolution and whatnot, no longer needed a cassette. So they were making like pens and key rings and things and then they officially gave up the license in the late 90s. Wow. Fascinating one, isn't it? I'd always heard that one. I never read into the details before. But, yeah, that's basically invented by John Hughes. I love it. Very cool. Good on you, John Hughes. Rest your soul. Good on you. I wouldn't mind getting one. You can, you can buy them. They're a couple hundred bucks on eBay. Yeah. I feel like. I, yeah. As a piece of art, I reckon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Curry's in this. Tim Curry is good in this. The lost city of Zinge. <laughs> I really, Your son's lost in the city of Zinge. I mean, New York. <laughs> He's one of those guys that I've realized in other movies as well, like watching Billy Madison, these movies of where there's these bad guys in them and as a kid you hate them so much because you just hate the characters. Because they're bad. Yeah, and now as an adult you really appreciate the actor that's doing it because it's kind of this thankless role. Everyone hates you. but They do it so damn well. And I didn't notice the Grinch thing before. <gasps> And, oh. it, and it was perfect, wasn't it? Do you, you know what I'm talking about? I missed it again. Oh, you missed it again. They do this thing where they show it's a montage of different oh, things of course. happening, and, then it's and his, they show the Grinch, and, and it fades re- to his face. Yeah, of course. And he's got a his smile is like the Grinch, and I'm like, why the fuck has he never played the Grinch? Because um, when he realizes the credit card, yeah, and he does that. His smile has that weird curl, and he he is the Grinch. He should have been the Grinch. My God. Well, maybe he's in a stage production. He's done a lot of theatre. He has. A big tonne of theatre and mm. voice acting. Did you know he had a stroke about a decade or so ago? Yeah, he's not looking in great shape these yeah, days. Yeah, he did him well. He, he, um, I think he's not he's doing a lot lighter. now, but he was doing um, he was doing voice work. Rob Schneider, of course, is, you know, always – I feel like this is kind of maybe good territory for Rob Schneider. This is – you know, he's been in a, he's popped up in a couple of movies now. And I haven't minded him in them. Yeah. This is, this is his this right is, altitude. This is about the amount of Rob Schneider I like. He's not a leading man. I like, you know, a good three to four minutes. Yeah. Minimal speaking. Yeah. Pull a face or two. Yeah. You know, generate disgust and uncomfort <laughs> with the audience. Exactly. And move on. Yeah. It's a, it's a perfect amount of Schneider. Yeah. Perfect amount. Did I ever tell you about the time he was at Cargo Bar? Oh, no. This is a bar in Sydney for our... Foreign friends, it's one we used to frequent, and I guess ultimately it was it was the place to be. It was there was uh, yeah, you know, our good friends of the show, uh, the family of Fitzes that listen. Um, they are one of well, the one that doesn't listen used to used to be the doorman, you know, and then we'd got to go in there. Hey, you guys, everyone, I never. It was, yeah. it was always full of you know the wall of you know sports people yeah. and. You know, a grade, it was a grade is in there. Yeah, yeah. Carrie Ann Kenley would have been in there even. <laughs> um, That's your go-to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, one night Rob Schneider was in there, and he had like his own little space. Right, and he was. This I mean, would have been the height of Schneider fever. Must have been. I don't know what he was like. Like the hot for, chick or the animal or whatever or something. Yeah, and he had his own yeah, little area Bigelow. at the back, and he had just he was just it was only girls allowed in, and it was just him and girls. Oh and I even, God. even in theory, that sounds great to a twenty-year-old, <laughs> but I remember just thinking, "Oh, you're a bit of a loser, champ." Yeah, That's was it literally just him? Is he with mates? Oh man, there might have been a, one or two. I don't know. I just yeah. remember seeing him with a bunch of chicks, and I was wow. just, it looked lame. Like he was like sitting back with his elbows on the back of the couch. And uh. we should do surf ninjas soon, though. Probably not. No, I don't know what that is. I mean, that's the one it? Bowen's been requesting. Oh, well, if Bowen's requesting it, it gets a short yeah. list. Yeah, friend of the show, big friend of the show. So yeah, it was just the right amount of Schneider. Yeah, I agree. Minimal. Demolition Man Schneider also acceptable. Oh, he was pretty good in that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I am the law. <laughs> oh, that's, oh no, that's, that's just rude. 
Judge Jude? Judge Jude. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Jude. <laughs> Man, this juniper, whilst it tastes good, it always... It, uh, I think there's a little alcohol in there. I think, it's, I think someone spiked my juniper. <laughs> hey, would it be inappropriate to play like a... I'd like to hear another song from um, or a little excerpt from the Pizza Underground if we could. Sure. If you haven't listened to our Home Alone episode, we talked a little bit about what the great Macaulay is up to these days. Um, you know, he obviously famously dated Mila Kunis for a number of years. Um, looked like he came off the rails, but you know what? We've decided that was false. He, he lives a pretty good life. He lives in Paris, Paris, France. Beautiful city if you haven't been. Beautiful. Uh, he is part of a band that's a cover band effectively called The Pizza Underground. Um What's that you say? The Pizza Underground? <laughs> That's right. It is a cover band that sings Velvet Underground songs and replaces keywords with pizza or makes the songs pizza-themed. So this one is Take a Walk on the Wild Slice. So this is live. <laughs> pies, traditionally. Well, they changed all the lyrics. Pizza Stuff some cheese inside that crust. Hey, Gina. Stuff some cheese inside that crust. Take a bite of the wild slice. Take a bite of the wild slice. Famous Ray never once gave it away. Take a bite of the wild slice. Good, good track that one. Jeez, where do we go from there? Where do we go from there? Perhaps to the verdict. I think so. I don't. I, I like finishing on a high. This is our last segment for 2020, the year that has taken so much and given so much. It taketh and it giveth. I've got to get a job in 2021. We all do. Yeah. You've got a job. I have to keep it. Yeah, that's true. Let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Controversial overall thought, perhaps. I forgot I wrote this, but I'm going to own it now because I, I still kind of feel this way. I think this is... Currently, my favourite Christmas movie. Wow. It's got everything I want in a Christmas movie. I respect that. Continue. Yeah. That's all I got. Like, <laughs> For all the aforementioned summary reasons. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. I respect that. The New York nostalgia factor probably adds to it, but I don't think it's just that. Uh, I, I agree. I do think it definitely pours kerosene on the toilet dipping ahead for you though. Yeah, but I mean it didn't do that for Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> that was at the plaza as well. It's so different. <laughs> it's so different. Yeah. It didn't do that for Ghostbusters. Uh look, it's look this it's not a criticism. It's a it's a good thing. Um uh you know, it's it's tapping into the nostalgia in the right way, wrapped in the most beautiful boy that the world has ever known. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Well, I think the the winning factor for me on this one that has, again, like I said, has maybe just come at the right time. I'm in the right stage of the cycle of this movie being appealing. I think you're ready to have babies. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I think it's your loins tingling. <laughs> yes. No, see, this makes me not want to have a kid because how do you have a kid like that? What a great kid. You just do. Wow. What a great kid. So <laughs> let's – look, let's say again, we said at the top of the show, we yeah. want to say a massive, massive thank you to a few people. Yes. As the, you know, at the end of the year. Mm. First and foremost, Tristan, I want to thank you. Oh. Because you, uh, you put the hard yards in every week, you know, particularly behind the scenes, the editing to make us sound <laughs> vaguely coherent and vaguely, you know, decent at this. It's because you edit the shit out of it. We talk for four <laughs> hours and it's gibberish. But week in, week out, you make it happen. So a massive thank you, mate. I thank really you, appreciate it. And you've turned one of your rooms into our studio, which I also appreciate. I appreciate that too, actually. Who else do we need to thank? Uh, Seymour. Seymour for sleeping for most of the yeah, episode. Yeah, thank you for finally sleeping, you little bastard. 
It's doing good. Wives of the show. Wives of the show. Thank you for support and allowing us to um, miss things and <laughs> do this. And we do. We do miss things. Yeah. And uh, and they still become. Uh, so they still remain our number one fans. Yeah. Uh, so we thank them. And, of course, our listeners, those that are, have been listening since the beginning and those that are picking us up for the first time this episode. Yeah. Um, a big thank you to you guys. We, we love doing this. So it's good that a couple of you like to listen and, and uh, you know, write some tweets occasionally and whatnot. It what? means the world to us. It does. It and, really yeah, does. There's, there's a handful of you guys, you know, you are, well, you've been there from almost day one. Yeah. So Respect. Respect, and I think there's a few a few friends of the show who we owe a couple of episodes to because yeah. there's a few that have asked politely yeah. for a few uh, a few favourites. Yeah. I mentioned the Fitzies earlier. I think they've been asking for Unforgiven and then we haven't delivered on that so maybe that's <laughs> one. Uh, so we, maybe we'll put a call out early New Year via the socials to get a bit of a short list for some of our favourite friends of the show to get some of their favourite movies. Um, Best friends of the show. Best friend. Oh, yeah. BFFF. SSFF. <laughs> of the show. Okay. <laughs> Let's go listen to some uh, Christmas music. Yeah. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Bye. Hey.